0: Hello, and thank you for tuning in to our Why We Are Vegan podcast interview series entitled "Why We Are Vegan." Each week, I'll be posting one to two interviews I've had with inspirational vegans around the world who are walking their talk. Each of my guests share their personal vegan journey and insights they've gathered along the way. You are about to listen to my very first interview of the series with McNeil Shanley. McNeil began his vegan journey. Twenty years ago, hi, Mac, thanks for joining me for this interview. Why don't we start with you telling us a little bit about yourself?
1: Hi, I am MacNeil Shanley I'm a computer programmer and I am a vegan. I have been vegan for almost twenty years now. So many things in the world are interesting, uh, whether it 's magic or block picking or computer programming or mathematics. There's just so many cool things out there to learn. And part of that curiosity is what led me to veganism.
0: Thank you. Now, if you were in a room filled with a dozen kindergartners, how would you share why you are vegan with them in your own words?
1: Well, I guess talking with children and to have a kind of conversation with them, you know, it's like we like animals, right? All right. So I'm vegan. Uh, do you know what vegan means? It is a person who doesn't think we should use animals and, uh, lives with that in mind. So we don't need to use animals for food. We don't need to use animals for clothes. Uh, we can have animals as pets, uh, but we don't need to eat them and we really don't need to hurt the animals. So being vegan means, uh, you are not going to be using animals in your life.
0: What made you decide to become vegan?
1: Long story, going back to uh, college, my journey toward veganism uh, was partially through Judaism. I guess I'll start with uh, that aspect. In college, I was dating a Jewish woman and I was thinking of converting. And uh, one of the things i would need to do is not eat bacon and i thought oh that's going to be so hard that's going to be really difficult and i tried it for a month and you know like maybe the first week was really hard because i was you know all about eating all of that uh you know pork bacon all that stuff Uh, but after the first month i was like surprised by how easy it was and i kept thinking about it more and I thought it would be more consistent if I didn't eat mammals in general. So after I stopped eating pigs, I stopped eating cows, you know, lamb. I didn't really eat much anyway, but I avoided that. And it was from there that I was open to considering myself, maybe being vegetarian. A couple years later, uh, I was living in a dorm and down the hall from me was this young woman who was vegan. I would ask her the questions, you know, well, what about calcium? Uh, what about protein? And I wasn't trying to do them as like gotcha questions. I was just really wondering, you know, what uh, what is the story behind that? And uh, she gave me good answers. Uh, what was also, I think, important was she also gave me some food. She had a tempeh sandwich and she gave me half of it. Uh, she introduced me to what falafel was. I hadn't had that before, and you know, that's one of my favorite foods now. Uh, and then she sh- shared with me two books uh, Diet for New America by John Robbins and uh, Animal Liberation by Peter Singer. And those were very uh, key books in forming my decision. And basically, after reading Diet for New America, I realized I you know, had to be vegan. So it was from there, this was around, uh, year 2000. And, uh, I had already been like pescatarian at that point. So it was just about another month for me to phase out dairy. And then another couple months to phase out animal products like soaps and, uh, things like that. I found the natural stores to buy things at that didn't use animal products. And, once getting like a foot into that world, it then became easier uh, going vegan for everything.
0: Interesting. How do you define a vegan lifestyle?
1: I don't think of veganism as a lifestyle. I think it is more of a moral act. Uh, it is not something that you uh, do because you feel like it or that's how it expresses yourself. You do it because it's right.
0: And what do you mean by right?
1: I think we have a intuitive notion of what is right or wrong. We uh, know in our gut uh, what our intentions are. And when we do something with uh, uh, a certain intention, it's pretty easy to ask, am I doing this right? Because if I know my intention is, oh, well, I want to be lazy or I want to do what's easy, then you know it's probably not the right uh, thing for you. So I had this guilty conscience for, you know, years following up to it uh, before being vegetarian, thinking, uh, well, you know, I'd like to if it was easy. I also didn't know what else I could do. I didn't know that the good news is that being vegan is easy.
0: All right. So tell us about a week in the life of Mac. What you think about as you go about your week that someone who isn't vegan-focused would not consider?
1: I wear glasses. And having glasses changes your planning. You know, when you are sleeping, you have to think of, all right, well, where am I going to put my glasses? And, oh, if, if there's sun outside, I'm going to have to bring my sunglasses. And uh, when will I need to bring my case? And you could say, well, yeah, that's really inconvenient. But you do it enough, you figure out how you can get by. Nobody with glasses is at a severe disadvantage in life. So when it comes to buying food, I don't think of meat and cheese as food anymore. When I'm in the grocery store, I just walk right past those aisles like it doesn't even occur to me that it's something I'd buy at all. Some people say, don't you miss cheese? But I don't think of cheese as a food anymore. So that changes my thinking. So when it's the question is, all right, I'm going to need to get some food. I'm already thinking in maybe a narrower scope. I can't always depend on vending machines, but it has been a lot easier uh, in the past ten years, and that was easier than the the ten years before that. There's usually some kind of vegan option, and you know sometimes you have to make do at a conference. Sometimes the only lunch for A vegan is the veggie platter, just very high cellulose vegetables on rice and uh, not very satisfying. I think we're all having to figure out all right, well, what am I going to do about my water? What am I going to do about my food? And just being vegan, you're paying a little bit closer attention to that. But it doesn't, it, it becomes ordinary and it just feels quite normal.
0: And what do you wish more people knew about the benefits of going vegan?
1: The one thing that's, I think, important to note is uh, being vegan isn't about a purity contest. It's about doing the least you can, not the most you can. In this uh, global economy, everything is just so interwoven, uh, you will be cooperating in suffering in some capacity. Uh, whether you're buying a uh, drink with a straw. Taking the vegan option is often cheaper. Leather is expensive and, you know, it's one of the signs of luxury. You know, the more expensive iPhone case is leather. The cheaper iPhone case is vegan. When it comes to clothing like uh, cashmere or wool or silk, cotton uh, isn't the height of fashion. It's very practical and it's a lot cheaper. I think a lot of uh vegans have that kind of practical look to them. When I needed to get a belt replaced, there used to be a vegan store here in San Diego called All Vegan where I could buy vegan belts and vegan shoes. When one of my belts was reaching its its end, I needed to get a new one. So I went to Nordstrom Rack and, you know, all of those belts were leather, but there was one reversible Nike belt that was non-leather.
0: So what tipped you to go all in?
1: What made me go all in to veganism was breeding uh, diet for New America and just seeing that the state things were in. Uh, I think at that time I would call myself a welfarist vegan. A welfareist vegan is concerned about the welfare of the animals and, you know, look into veal calves and dairy cows and just how cruelly they're being treated. That's made me want to uh, stop uh, consuming animals and, and using them. I wouldn't say I'm a welfare vegan anymore. I'm an abolitionist vegan. And an abolitionist doesn't say, well, we shouldn't uh, treat animals uh, so poorly. It's we shouldn't use animals at all.
0: Mac, what does being vegan mean to you personally?
1: Interesting describing what being vegan is because... There's this uh, instinct to first say what you're not doing, and it's not really defined by what you aren't doing. It's an easy way to explain to somebody, well, this is what veganism is. We don't use animals, but there's really a uh, positive side to it where it's, well, this is uh, what I believe. Being vegan means I'm acting consistently with this belief. And I think we actually all believe the same thing. We believe um, animals shouldn't be used. Uh, there's always some instance where somebody would say, oh, that is you know, very wrong to use an animal in that way. And if you just take it to its logical conclusion, uh, I think it's something we all believe in. So being vegan just means being consistent with that belief.
0: Okay, how do you feel about mainstream coverage of animal cruelty, environmental concerns, and the like via social media and news outlets?
1: Should chickens have bigger cages? There was a ballot measure on that in, in California, and by saying we should go to these extraordinary lengths to just you know, make the animals slightly more comfortable is the wrong message.
0: And what do you wish more people knew about the benefits of being vegan in general?
1: There are so many side benefits to being vegan. You hear about uh, mad cow disease, and there's these meat recalls that have to happen. And on that note, uh, factory farms do have uh, some contamination. So all of the spinach that has been contaminated has been from a factory farm going into, uh, you know, polluting the area where that spinach was. Spinach is not naturally, you know, Contaminated. Uh, some of the diseases that we have, bird flu uh, and uh, swine flu, is a result of keeping animals in these uh, very constrained places, and it creates this perfect breeding ground for uh, super uh, bacteria. Uh, these animals are pumped with antibiotics, so they're uh, we're creating antibiotic resistant bacteria. If you wanted to create something. Uh, you know, like smallpox, uh, you would be doing it, you know, on this massive scale of factory farming. So there's a lot of, uh, negative, uh, economists would say, uh, negative externality. There's all these negative externalities with using animals. I'm not vegan for the health reasons. I don't consider myself a health nut up to recently. I didn't have a very good, uh, diet. It was vegan, but there was a lot of soda, a lot of vegan donuts, a lot of vegan cookies. And, you know, as I got older, that uh, kind of caught up with me. I was able to get away with it because, you know, I wasn't consuming, uh, you know, all of these uh, high animal proteins and uh, any dietary cholesterol. Kind of as a, a disadvantage for me is I was able to get away with a a pretty bad diet the key is to diversify and uh you know whether that's like investment advice or just you know living your life diversifying is good i expose myself to many more types of foods many more types of uh, vegetables and fruits and different cuisines like falafel was something that wasn't on my radar before you know i became vegan or was Going toward there, I wish people were more aware of how easy it is to be vegan. When it comes to eating out with groups and selecting like a, a place to eat, I'll suggest a variety of places. You know, there's uh, a lot of different places, uh, different kinds of ethnic foods that uh, have some really great vegan options that uh, are. Really, out there in the world, you just have to see beyond being a meat and potatoes person. Historically, uh, there have been a lot of meals that uh, people in all cultures would eat that would be vegan. You know, it's some kind of grain, some kind of bean. And there are so many things you can do with that. It's not just uh, one dish and that's it, and you have to you know, use these animals to get variety. There's just so much variety in you know, vegetables alone. Cuisine has really changed, even discovery of the new world. Introduced Europe to potatoes and tomatoes. It can be really hard to get someone to change the way they think, because if that is the way that they think of things and that's how they approach the world, it's hard for them to see uh, any other way we all fall back to the things we hear about that are, you know, common in our culture, you know, meat and, uh, drinking alcohol. There are so many things that are very common in in our culture that aren't common in other cultures. And when you're in the culture, you're part of it, you're defining part of the culture. Uh, there are a lot of things you don't question. I'm sure there are a lot of things in our culture today that are going to look very strange a few hundred years from now. And we're just not questioning those things. The other day I was ordering a smoothie with a friend and the discussion was, uh, is this certain thing vegan? And the question of honey came up. Somebody else brought it up and one of the people working there at the, the smoothie place was saying, well, is Is honey not vegan? Are bees animals? Bees are insects, not animals. It's really interesting how there's this belief that if you challenge what is kind of like the conventional knowledge, it's not very consistent. A bee is not an animal because that's an insect. If you look at things closely, you can see a lot of what we're assuming just unravel. It's very easy in our culture not to do that unraveling. In fact, that's the part of what makes a culture a surviving culture is that it perpetuates itself. So it's it's hard to break through from it. So it does require some critical assessment. This is our, our chance to push back and form our culture, what we want our culture to be. This is what we believe.
0: When you hear excuses about why someone is not vegan... Do you feel you were able to change their perspective with what you know?
1: When somebody uh, asks me a a question, and I think this could be an opportunity to uh, tell them more about uh, veganism, I try to plant the seeds, you know, just the start of um, the idea. Part of it can be just being a living example that, okay, well, I'm vegan and I've been doing this for this long. So whatever uh, belief you might have had against that, well, I'm kind of the uh, counter evidence. And it doesn't take extraordinary measures.
0: Is there anything you wish more people would have a conversation about around veganism?
1: As a species, we've evolved. We are dependent on, you know, billions of other peoples just doing simple acts in our life. And within this participation, we get this diversity, you know, all of those different vegetables and, and different types of plants that we have access to now, uh, we wouldn't have, uh, you know, a few hundred years ago, there was this one, uh, study looking into what would it take to make a cheeseburger? And, you know, could one farmer in the old days make a cheeseburger? And they couldn't, you know, they would have to have, uh, all of the, uh, the dairy and for the bread and the lettuce and like the sesame seed, what would it take to make exactly that a single farmer cannot do it. It, uh, takes enormous, uh, actions by many individuals, you know, collectively working together uh, in the market systems. Just like there's the cultural forces, there's also market forces. And these forces kind of guide our behaviors and the way that we live. Being vegan is kind of a way to uh, change the direction of where those market forces are going. The more we stop using animals, the uh, less the secondary uses of animals will be prevalent because the alternatives will be cheaper. It's kind of an excessive lifestyle to uh, use cows. And part of that being a lifestyle is it's easy to not think about it. You believe you're entitled to your steak. Are you going to take my meat away from me? well, can you really take away something from somebody that wasn't truly theirs?
0: Okay. What questions would you pose to the mainstream to move the conversation to what you feel is important to understand about the global benefits of veganism?
1: I think often the mainstream coverage ignores some of the key points. So there are many articles about environmental concerns and sometimes they focus on something that's just a small fraction of what we're doing that contributes to greenhouse gases. So what's frustrating to me about mainstream media coverage of animal and environmental issues is that they so frequently miss the point. They focus on a small thing, relatively speaking, and treat that as the only question. So they're setting the parameters of the debate. We should be driving our cars less. Well, that is very important for reducing greenhouse gases, but the use of animals is a larger contributor than uh, your commute to and from work each day. What you have for lunch is increasing your carbon footprint a lot more than your drive to work.
0: And how do you feel about the use of self-identifiers such as vegan, partially vegan, flexitarian, and the like?
1: There's some mixed uh, feelings about that. So on the one hand, you know, there's the, uh, the old joke that uh, you know, vegetarianism is so cool, even people who aren't vegetarian vegetarians say that they are. So now today, oh, veganism is so cool, even people who aren't even close to being vegan will say that they're vegan. Uh, they're using vegan as kind of a lifestyle. They're saying something about themselves with it, and it's more of a statement than a way how to be. So I think part of that is just a lifestyle, and people want to fit into that lifestyle in some way. And they feel like, well, I could be part of that lifestyle, but I don't have to be all in. So I'm going to create, you know, flexitarian or whatever other term there is, uh, I don't think we should promote these almost vegan concepts uh, because that sends the wrong message. Veganism is easy, is the message. And by focusing too much on uh, freegans or flexitarians or you know, whatever it is, that's kind of sending the message that, oh, going all the way is, is hard, but you, know, you can be part of the lifestyle if you just put this label on yourself. But it is just a label. It's counterproductive because it confuses the message. It's trying to gain some kind of moral ground, but only by adopting some of the superficial aspects of it. I think that's an example of the difference between a lifestyle and living according to your beliefs. Lifestyle can be fluid, And many things shouldn't be so rigid. I don't think we need to diversify our use of animals. We don't need to have some use of animals uh, just to cover all of our bases. Because we don't need some murder. We don't need uh, some violence. There's so many crimes that we just say, well, they're wrong. And we understand them to be wrong. I think using animals is wrong, and we don't have to say, okay, there's a role for that in the way that we live going forward just because we want to keep that door open. We want to keep that option open so that there's always a way to go back, but uh, we can just go forward. We can stop using animals today.
0: How do you feel about the phrase plant-based being used today by companies of all kinds, for meals, textiles, home goods, accessories, personal care, and other products that are not in fact vegan.
1: Instead of using the term vegan, John Robbins wanted to use the phrase plant-based more. And it was as if there was a stigma around the, the term vegan. So he was seeking for a way to make it mainstream and you know more approachable. I think that might have been counterproductive. It may be less approachable now for some really we should focus on the message that veganism is easy and it's the uh, moral baseline it's the start of having an ethical life it's not the end all you know once you're vegan all right now you can be thinking about all the other things that you're doing that may be harming others one of the things Uh, that gets me with the phrase plant-based is that vegans don't eat just plants. There's a whole other kingdom that uh, mushrooms and uh, yeast fall into. And I believe we do need to use plants to survive. I don't believe we need to use animals to survive. The animals that we eat are mostly vegans themselves. They're herbivores. I mean, bad things happened when we fed cows to other cows, we had mad cow disease. So it's really curious how, all right, we need to uh, eat animals because they you know, have so much calcium and so much protein, but well, where did the cows get their calcium? Where did they get their protein?
0: What vegans do you respect and keep tabs on?
1: Gary Francione. I appreciate... The writings of Peter Singer and John Robbins, so what I really liked about uh, Gary's approach is or the abolitionist approach is that message you know veganism is easy we don't need to use animals it's an ethical foundation there are professional athletes who are vegan. And, you know, it's a, it's an interesting point because they're, you know, living proof that you can be vegan, but of course, athletes just train like crazy and they, they have uh, very strict, uh, diets, you know, whether they're vegan or not, an athlete's diet is very strict. My vegan diet is not strict. It is, uh, I don't use animals But it's not strict in the sense that I have to have this many carbs or, you know, that much protein. And I'm trying to avoid too much sugar. That's pretty much as strict as I go. If somebody asked me, are you a a strict vegan, I I would say, uh, well, I'm a vegan. There's no levels you either are vegan or you aren't.
0: Thanks, Mac. To sum up our time together in one sentence, please tell us, why are you vegan?
1: I am vegan because I don't believe we should use animals. I am vegan because I know it's easy to be vegan. I am vegan because it's the right thing to do.
0: Mac, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. We hope you've enjoyed this interview. Find out when the next episode of this enlightening and thought-provoking interview series is available by following Why We Are Vegan on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, the ID for all three is Why We Are Vegan. We're also on YouTube and iTunes. You can visit our free resource site WhyWeAreVegan.org for podcasts you may have missed and links to all our social media. Take care.